Hello and welcome to Drive and Double Feature Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Ryan. And this is the podcast where we talk about two movies a week every Tuesday and Thursday. But before we start this week, I want to talk to you about our Patreon over at patreon.com slash drive and double feature podcast. We do so many bonus episodes over there and you got to check it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's loaded with tons and tons of fun content that you're missing out on. So, oh, and if you do pay, thank you. Thank, thank, thank you for that. But <laughs> let's get into this week's first movie. It's Bonzilla Week, and we're talking about A View to a Kill. It's Roger Moore's last James Bond. John Glenn is the director, and this is his third James Bond, and not his last as well. And yeah, we're we're ending of we're ending James Bond. We're sorry, we're ending Roger Moore in 1985, right dead in the middle of the 80s. And I always ask this, but Ryan, have you seen this one before? No, no, neither have I. So I cool. was, uh, I was, look, I, I have, I've been well aware of it for a long time because usually when people talk about like the worst of the Eon uh, mm-hmm. Bond movies, this one's usually brought up. I was, um, I guess, like I, I was surprised because I hear about this one all the time. Like I hear about the villain, I hear about Grace Jones, I hear about like the bridge scenes. And I'm like, okay, this is one of the more interesting ones. And then on Letterboxd, it has one of the lowest averages out of all of the Bond movies. Well, as you know, we take Rotten Tomatoes as gospel. And it's <laughs> yes, got of a, course. <laughs> it has a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow. That is just like destroying it. Um, and I mean, I'll be honest, what I see a lot of negativity towards is just how old Roger Moore is. And we've talked about this through all of these movies that Roger Moore is getting progressively older. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's gotten work before this movie and it doesn't help him at all. He is definitely looking like an old James Bond, but I don't want to be too negative on it because I do think if you're a good bond and you're older, I think you can make it work kind of like Sean Connery and never say never again. I think if you're old, as long as you can play it well, that's what matters. Well, I mean, with him being old uh, and never say never again, that was that was a plot point. Yes, so, that's true. So I think that actually worked in its favor, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. And, you know, I don't want to beat up somebody for their appearance <laughs> either, but I made the joke to you. I was like, like, like Sean Connery looks better and never say never again. It's true. Roger though. Moore does and a view to a kill. I mean, he just there's there's like one scene where he's underwater mm-hmm. and you know you could really see like everything on him underwater and it's you know he's he's showing his age i'll say that yes yeah definitely and i and it's not only on looks it's by stunt doubles and i don't know that you can this is not even getting far into the movie you can tell right off the bat when i started this movie there's a ski sequence yes Another James Bond ski. I, you know, I was like, I was just saying, I was like, man, we've never seen James Bond ski in the opening before. <laughs> yeah, it's never happened. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just like, okay, I guess we're doing this again. It's another cold one. And, but we see Roger Moore skiing. And I want to say 70% of this, maybe even more. There is no Roger Moore shots. Uh, and you can blatantly tell that it is a stunt double doing almost all of this. 
You mean for the whole movie, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And this kid carries on for the full movie. This is where his age really shows, I think, is just that he can't even do small stunts and he has stunt doubles doing everything. There's one scene where he's driving a car that's been chopped in half. Yes. And they get really close on the stunt double's face and it doesn't even look kind of like Roger (laughs) Moore. And I'm just like... And he has like a bad wig too. (laughs) Yeah, and it's very very noticeable and mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> i'm almost surprised he didn't get like a stunt double like when he's running up those stairs in the eiffel tower i wouldn't be surprised if he did have one uh <laughs> it, i don't know it, it's it's he's weird 50, I, he's 55 at this point so yes, he's not he is he's old. not young but you know yeah and i mean he, he's definitely old and um but i mean like he's he's just bond at this point he's been bond for six movies before this and i mean this is his last outing but uh, it's kind of like sean connery i'm sure eon there was just like well it he works so why don't we just keep going with what works yeah i mean diamonds are forever i mean you know sean connery wasn't looking great in that one which is weird because you know he he almost looked better (laughs) you know like 10 years 10 years later or whatever so it's true. It, if anything has taught me anything about this series, it's just how much more I appreciate Roger Moore for. But uh, uh, I, I, I think, I think Roger Moore is is a pretty underrated Bond. Uh, I mean, once well, we move on, well, I don't, I don't know if he's underrated. You don't think so? I think people really crap on him. You think so? I always feel like it's always for me it's always i feel like it's always 50 50 people are always like sean connery or roger moore i mean i think he is i think he's rated i'll say that okay okay um i don't know i guess i guess to me um maybe it's just because a lot of his movies aren't stellar right i think that's a part of it um he has good movies but he ends up being <laughs> in some of the worst movies of the bunch. Um, and maybe that doesn't help him at all. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he gets ragged on a lot, but I I just, he plays Bond as a very different character than, than Sean Connery did. I mean, Sean Connery, you know, was definitely a lot more of a ladies man type of thing or, mm-hmm you know bond was i don't want to say tougher but you know maybe a little more brutish maybe is what i'm thinking of and Mm -hmm. and then but roger moore you know is very classy very witty type Mm -hmm. of guy bond's a much more lighter character so yeah it seemed so it seems like they were really trying to uh soften bond a little bit i would say and that's not necessarily a bad thing but um, I think when you do some of that, though, I think they took it a little too far in certain directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie has a couple of those moments, but none of some of the heights that we've seen before, though, I will say. Yeah, no, definitely not. It, it definitely um, it's not the silliest of the bunch, but it, it does camp. It's a campy one. Don't don't get me wrong especially when that skiing sequence ends and he slides into the floating uh, drivable iceberg and uh, he he sleeps with the woman driving it, of course. Yeah, Um, of course. course. I mean, (laughs) there's little goofy stuff like that where I was Mm -hmm. just like, okay, like, (laughs) 
um but i guess moving into the movie um we do have to talk about the title sequence right at the beginning um which has duran duran's a view to a kill um which is probably one of the biggest bond hits uh as far as like pop hits go and uh and and it's really nice it's really refreshing i will say that because we've had I really liked For Your Eyes Only, but it has been a bunch of ballads recently. And it's nice to have something a bit louder, a little more poppy. And it's a it's an amazing song. It's a really great song. Right. I would definitely agree. I mean, it's so far it's been a lot of love type of ballads going in. Mm-hmm. And as good as the other songs were, it never really even though we were well into the eighties at this point, it never felt like Bond was in the 80s it was almost like he was at this tail end of the 70s and wasn't letting go of the 70s like love ballads but now it's with that song of you to kill it's a lot more energetic it actually feels like an 80s song Mm -hmm. um and probably like one of my not not talking about the song but probably one of my favorite opening sequences in the movie it's a great one, yeah, which is nice because if I remember right, some of the last ones have been pretty bad. And this one's like, it's very 80s. It's a bunch of women, like half naked, of course, and they're painted with like neon paint and it has like neon colors and it's kind of like ice versus fire. There's like flames and ice. Even though snow and ice doesn't really take part in the rest of the movie, but it's still a pretty fun setup. Yeah, definitely. And as far as the song goes, um, this is actually one of my favorite uh, oh, yeah. Bond songs. I mean, it. Uh, we'll have to do a final ranking at the very end for Bond songs, <laughs> but I, it's for me, it's 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 pretty high up there. Uh, it's it's one that I like to listen in my uh, personal time too. You listen to a Bond theme on your personal time? No, oh, I swear, I swear. Never mind. Yeah, Forget okay, I said yeah. that. Come on, yeah, Just cut it out. No. Because the Hollywood Foreign Press was was uh, was listening to this in their personal time because they nominated it for best original song, um, and the they Games. all oh finally they put a, a seal on quality, <laughs> as they always do. The Golden Globes are always the highest quality, um, but yeah. So then we actually get into the plot of this movie. And once again, it kind of we're moving a little bit more into the 80s because we're talking about things like Silicon Valley, microchips. It's a little more about the computer age, um, which I think is is fun uh, because what Bond picks up off of that skier is a microchip that is protected that won't t- be taken out by like electromagnets or anything quite like that. And it all goes back to Max Zorin, who is our main villain in this movie, played by Christopher Walken. And this is who I know of, like this movie, like anybody really talks about it. It's Max Zorin and him. Yeah, it's Christopher Walken. And he's hamming it up and he's having a good time. It's kind of up there with like Christopher Lee, where it's just like a really fun actor playing our villain. Yeah, I mean, as far as like some of the uh, other uh, like main bad guys of the series, mm-hmm. um, we've had some pretty weak ones in the past. Um, yeah. But this one, he, I really liked Christopher Walken in this <laughs> oh, yeah. movie. Yeah, me too. I, I think he's great. I actually, if there was one ding I would give this movie, there isn't enough Christopher Walken. I would have loved to see, have seen even more of him. <laughs> there's, there's one scene. Um, 
this is getting way into it, but mm-hmm. uh, they Christopher Walken has got them cornered and he's like capturing them and uh, I forget what the girl's name is. Uh, Stacy. Yeah, state Stacey. another Stacy. Yeah, like she's like, oh, you have to let us go, Max, and he's like, don't, don't worry. He's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, and he's just that. like, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and he said, and he says things that don't make sense. Once again, way later in the movie, Bond is like, "Oh, you, you killed uh, Tibbet, who's a character we'll talk about later. Or you made a mistake when you killed Tibbet." And Chris Walken says, "I'll make that mistake again." <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it kind of doesn't make sense, but also it's like, <laughs> it's funny anyway. Um, no, and he has he's full of stuff like that. Um, but he's like a huge microchip chip developer, and he loves horses too. This is another Bond movie that has the setting of horse races or has something to do with horses. Um, a lot of Bond tropes coming back into this one, huh? I guess it's I mean, the last two raw. A little bit, yeah. And um, uh, they, the well, they don't reveal what the evil plot is until mm-hmm. um, after the horse races. But at first, it's like this big, like, oh, his he's running illegal horse races. Like he's <laughs> illegally yeah. injecting these horses with horse steroids. Yep. That's like, that's the big deal is that he's injecting horse steroids, but it goes so much deeper. And let me tell you, it is holy crap. The plot to this one is silly. Um, Cause like bond, he's, you know, he's infiltrating the horse thing. And there's like the, it's like an ex Nazi. We don't really know this yet, but he has like the monocle, and he looks really evil. Um, and he's just talking, having a good time. And come to find out, this guy was a scientist who was, um, God, ge- genetically engineering babies to be highly intelligent. Most of those babies died. But um, yeah, he it, just some insane plot. And I guess, and, it, does it specifically say Max Zorn was one of these babies? Or is it just kind of hint at it? They suggest the it's like he Bond says, and Max is one of these children, and they're like, "Oh, we don't know for sure." And but then, because they say when they're mentioning these babies, they're like, one side effect is they're completely psychopathic, and <laughs> yeah, and and then Bond later is like, "Don't bother reasoning with him; he's a psychopath." So it's it, it, you know he's implying that yeah, he was one of those kids, and and. Mm-hmm. Walken doesn't uh, correct him there so no, he's like yeah that's me and it, I mean and I mean if it wouldn't it would be right if he was a psychopath and he was just very open about it um and we got to talk about the main bad um Bond girl here um played by Grace Jones her name is Mayday which isn't a great name but I love her introduction because I just thought it was a little funny they're at the horse races and Bond is like looking through his binoculars. He's like, who's that in the red dress? And then the guy he's with is like, who are you talking about? And has to look around for this lady who like obviously stands out in the crowd. She's got a ton of, she's got a ton of makeup on her face. And, you know, she's got like these red streaks painted under her face. And it's just like, who's this inconspicuous woman that you just, I cannot point her out in this crowd, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. (laughs) Me laugh. Uh, I like Grace Jones in this one too. I thought oh, she's she was, great. I thought she was a great villain. Um, you know, she really stands out, very unique compared mm-hmm. to all the other 
villains we've seen up until now, you know, cause usually it's just like big dude that, you know, that's unstoppable or something. And mm-hmm. now this one, it's like really strong woman that has like superhuman strength. Yeah, it, exactly. Um, I, I think I I think she just brings like something fun to this, especially when you get to the end of the movie. I was really surprised by it. Uh, they have a really weird moment. How did you feel about the scene where Christopher Walken and like Mayday are like training alone together and they're like wrestling, trying to force a kiss on each other? I, I didn't know what I was supposed to get out of that scene. That was really odd. <laughs> I guess it's just showing that they're lovers, I suppose. Yeah, they but... they, they have love. In, they <laughs> they love in a very weird way. Not judging, not judging. Well, they do specify that that's his lover. They're like, oh yeah, yes, yeah, they do lover. That. So yeah. so that is the case. But he basically tells Mayday to go sleep with Bond at one point, though. So Bond yes. does sleep with Grace Jones in this movie. Yeah, and that once again, Bond Bond here is looking so old that the sex scene is just, I don't know, it's odd, I guess. Well, well, I mean, so we usually what we see is, this is me getting a little like specific, like, you know, usually like in Bond movies, he's, he starts having relations with women, you know, he's like, mm-hmm starts kissing him and bond kind of gets on top of them like in a way and then this one it's like she's just like no like me get on top so. <laughs> yeah and he and he looks confused he's just uh, like oh this is new yeah. <laughs> roger moore still is good with face stuff like i think like his facial acting he's still really fun he does some goofy faces one of my favorite faces he makes is actually an octopusy and she's like oh that's just my little octopusy and then he's just like <laughs> like so confused <laughs> yeah. like what did you just yeah. say <laughs> and, it, and it's such as like that that make him feel human because like you were talking about comparing him and sean connery is sean connery wouldn't really react like that he'd be like oh yes like just like, like yeah i like the, i would like the sound of that yeah <laughs> just, but, uh, but roger moore is just kind of like huh this is a little silly um and then <laughs> because even when he arrives at the horse ranch there's like a woman she's like hi i'm jenny flex and he's like yeah yes of course you are <laughs> yeah and then they have that long like conversation it's like oh so you like riding yeah i ride in the saddle every morning and just like an innuendo fight back and forth yeah um, i want to see like a bond that he's just he doesn't speak in innuendos he just speaks in like it's like <laughs> oh i'm going to have sex with you now <laughs> yeah she hear he hears the name octopusy and he's like okay all right nice to meet you miss octo yeah <laughs> um but i uh i wanted to mention too like there was uh some there was actually some pretty impressive stunts uh in this movie mm-hmm. and i actually watched the behind the scenes of you did? Cool. Kia. yeah they actually do some really impressive stunts in this movie where they uh actually uh parachute off of the eiffel tower mm-hmm. which they did do for real oh wow um, so they uh, they had to get really special permission um, to do to do that stunt, and they had to get it just right because, as you know, the Eiffel Tower starts out uh, very narrow at the top, and then it gets wider as it goes mm-hmm. down. Uh, so they had a they said that the jumper had about three and a half seconds from jumping to pulling the cord before he would have hit uh, metal girders. Holy crap. That's that's so dangerous. And people have been hurt on these movies before. Yeah. And uh, 
so the funny story about this is though is that um the jumper they did it in one take cubby broccoli and the director like perfect don't need to do that again but they actually had like a backup jumper Mm -hmm. like that wanted to do the jump really bad or like he said i want to jump and he's like i'll do it for free just let me jump oh my god And and but they're like they said rightfully so they're like no like there's no reason to take an unnecessary risk if Mm -hmm. we don't have to but because they had to get really special permission like it took a really long time Mm -hmm. to to get permission to jump off of the eiffel tower yeah and uh they said the guy said that he went back to the eiffel tower like early in the morning and jumped off the eiffel tower and did that jump himself oh wow And, and uh but the the film the director John Glenn was actually there with a crew, like doing pickup shots and like picking out like correct camera angles for like the yeah. later chase scene, and they're just like what the hell type of thing, <laughs> and and then the, that guy got fired from the movie and he uh, was never allowed to work on Bond movies ever again. He probably was like kicked out of like a, like out of a lot of movies over a stunt like that. He said they interviewed him and he was just like. Like, yeah, I get calls from stuntmen all the time, like, hey, thanks for jumping off the Eiffel Tower. And I get to go work on Bond movies. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. He really wanted to do it that bad. I, I mean, like, that is a once in a lifetime chance to do something like that. Yeah. But very stupid at the same time. But yes, yeah, I agree. Uh, but uh, that does lead to a pretty fun chase sequence where bond is chasing uh grace jones and she mm-hmm. jumps onto a boat and then he jumps onto the boat like he's driving around this car that gets chopped in half and mm-hmm. <laughs> it just has the front half of the car yeah well i like it because like the car slowly loses it loses its hood then it loses the back of the car and um everything and i think yeah i agree that is a pretty fun chase sequence and jumps into the a wedding cake <laughs> yeah uh, obviously not him for most of this movie until he hands the cake back of course um yeah but she ends up getting away and, and honestly this chase doesn't really matter um except for later i guess she notices him she's like oh he's the guy at the eiffel tower but she, grace jones notices this way late way late in this movie yeah well he says he's St. John Smythe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people kept calling him Smith. No, it's Smythe. Uh, and he has multiple, like, because doesn't he, what's his, like, reporter name? John? Uh... John Stock? James yeah. Stockwell? Or John yeah, Stock- <laughs> James Stock, I think. New London reporter. Yeah, um, he's a reporter, because he says that to Stacy, mm-hmm. and uh, he he's like yeah, i'm a reporter and then he just starts and then like in the next breath like he's using like a machine gun to like gun mm-hmm. down some guys <laughs> just like yeah. oh that's what reporters do and uh we should say that the uh, bond girl in this one is uh played by tanya roberts mm-hmm. uh who uh you might recognize either from charlie's angels or if you are a millennial like me uh you probably noticed that she was in uh that 70s show as uh midge or donna donna's mom so <laughs> yeah so um uh i've got to say she's part of one of the parts i didn't like no this yeah movie. <laughs> if, i mean if it's not apparent i actually really liked this one i was surprised at how much i liked it but she's probably the weakest part um one of the weaker bond 
girls. Um, not the, she's not the weakest. Um, no, she's fine. She's more boring. I kind of just like forgot about her. She doesn't really have any defining characteristics. Yeah, like and and like she's she gets really annoying at the end of the movie because like there's this one scene where Bond is escaping on a burning elevator and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. She's like. Bond, and, and like i was just like oh this is grating i was wearing headphones and it was killing me <laughs> well yeah because james is trying to get out of the elevator mm-hmm. to save both of them and she's thinking like he just left her it's like james where are you going james help me <laughs> yeah. and he's like i'm ge- and i want to be like he's getting a hose just <laughs> yeah. calm down he's trying to help you he's not leaving you <laughs> yeah it was it's it's um yeah, it, it seems like that. Like, I can't even, like, really point out anything really substantial about her. Like, really, she kind of connects the plot between um, Max Oren's, like, evil plot. And then at the end of the movie, she gets kidnapped and kind of makes it so Bond has to save her. Continues a little bit at the end of the movie. Well, yeah, the main thing is that he originally you're supposed to think that she's in on it with Max Oren because mm-hmm. uh, Max Oren... Uh, wrote her a check for five million Mm dollars and it's this whole big plot like her dad runs like a big oil company and she didn't want anything to do with max Zorin, so that's why i was like oh well she's actually a good guy so uh, it all it all worked out and um they uh they do travel to uh america eventually Mm -hmm. and they go to san francisco yeah yeah and that's where like the rest of this movie takes place right is actually in like san francisco um because the whole plot i mean this kind of gets revealed a little later but it's silicon valley that's max zoran's thing because he produces microchips what he wants to do he has a mine that's pumping in seawater and he's gonna blow up the mine so all the seawater ends up in silicon valley flooding it getting rid of that microchip production and making him the leader that's his big plan. What a weird plan. Kind of like it though. It's it's at least interesting. It's something different. Yeah, it's a lot different than oh, they're kidnapping Soviet spies and British spies, mm-hmm. or they stole yeah. a sub, they stole a rocket ship. It's yeah. but of course, Soviet spies do show up in this one. The KGB is here. Don't worry if you if <laughs> they didn't get rid of it yet. And there's a cameo too in this movie. Uh, one of the KGB agents is played by mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he was dating, dating uh, Grace Jones at that time. What a couple. What a couple, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with... that, that This part has like one of the most sillier moments of the movie where, because mm-hmm. uh, Max Zorin, um, they, they think he's killed Bond um, by <laughs> drowning him in a, in a lake with a... Uh, mm-hmm. With his uh, oh, we didn't mention uh, with Tibbet. And, oh yeah, uh, which I, I we don't have to go too deep into, but I love those scenes because Tibbet has to pretend to be his chauffeur, and Bond is just bossing him around. It's actually really good. But and they mentioned that in the behind the scenes too, because actually Bond and him are uh, old friends, like the mm. the actor playing him, and uh, they mention like oh yeah, like they were old friends, and a lot of that was ad lib scenes where it's like roger moore was like like come on tibbet like hurry up now don't make me fire you like that was a lot of that was ad-lib because he was intentionally trying to give him a hard time with that whole bit but Mm -hmm. um but yeah they 
uh, Mag Zorin thinks that he kills Bond and he tells the KGB because it turns out Mag Zorin is a KGB agent. Mm-hmm. And KGB is like, who gave you authorization to murder Bond? Like, this is going to set back our relations with the UK by a lot. This is going to cause us a big trouble. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not a part of the KGB anymore. And then, wow. <laughs> and Grace Jones picks up one of the KGB agents, like, she's a pro wrestler and like <laughs> military presses them, like, ah. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. I, I kind of love it because Max Zorin here just can't be trusted by anybody because by the time we get to the end of the movie um which takes place in this mine shaft and i'll be honest at first i was like oh the climax is movies on in a mine that's that's kind of boring and the more i looked at it though the more i liked it actually i kind of like the setup i like that it fills up with water and because max zorin sets up this whole thing to go explosives and he's got to leave, but he just takes a gun and he just mows down all of his men. He betrays everybody and just shoots everybody. It's really messed up. Well, yeah. And, and there's a point where Grace Jones falls down into uh, like the water below mm-hmm. and they're like, aren't you going to pull up Mayday? He's like, no, <laughs> and just like <laughs> let her die. Yeah. And this is what I liked about Mayday because Mayday takes this, it's like, oh, wow, you really screwed me over and her and Bond team up. Yeah, so there's like a scene where it's like Roger Moore and Grace Jones just like battling like they, like to get out of there. Yeah. Um, she unfortunately meets as her uh, demise, but... Yeah, but it's really cool because she has to... They put like the explosives on the cart that she has to be on in order to make sure it doesn't blow up the mine. And she rides off and it's a really cool scene of her looking up the blint blimp and uh max looking back down at her and she just blows up she sacrifices herself i think i thought it was a pretty well shot scene yeah i like that scene um there's one scene beforehand i wanted to make sure i mentioned which uh actually you mentioned the uh, elevator shaft scene mm-hmm. um i i actually kind of like the plot point of like them at the mayor's office like trying okay, to yeah go after Max Zorin and they're breaking into the office, but Max Zorin like ends up murdering um, that one, like one of the commission. I, I forget. It wasn't the mayor. He murdered but it was, somebody. Uh, How was his last name, but it was uh Stacy Sutton's like boss or whatever. Cause she's like, remember she tried to yeah. go report Max Zorin's like, they fired me. <laughs> yeah. They would like fire her on the spot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, that turns into like to a whole big kerfuffle, but there's like a, a scene where bond is actually wanted by the police and the police are mm-hmm. uh, chasing after him. And <laughs> there's like a bridge scene, like the bridge is opening up and these cop cars just get totally trashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I actually, I thought this scene was pretty fun. It felt, it was just like a fun little car chase scene on the firefighter and like, um, and it had like the bridge going up and the car dangling on the side and it falls down. I always like car destruction stunts so that was that was good fun and of course the yeah. idiot cops gotta love those i know we need to get that sheriff back though from uh man with the golden gun yeah uh not he wasn't just in man with the golden gun uh, right uh you know, sergeant pepper <laughs> yeah he was uh, in that and uh oh god was he in he was in um live and let die Okay, and then Man with the Golden Gun. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. yeah get, One of the weird get... times we have a reoccurring character, like like a smaller reoccurring character. Yeah, we needed to get him. He could have been like on transfer in San Francisco. Like He's like, oh, oh I'm here to show y'all 
how we do furnish down south or whatever. But, but what's so funny is by the end of Man with the Golden Gun, he's like buddies with James Bond. He's oh, like, yeah. I'm he's... your biggest fan. Oh, yeah. He's like, you're that secret agent, James Bond. <laughs> yeah. What, what, one of the best bits in these movies. Right. But uh, no, that's, that was just, I just wanted to mention that scene. Um, yeah. But we get towards, uh, the real climax of the movie, which actually takes mm-hmm. place on the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, that scene, um, they were talking about that in the behind the scenes as well. So mm-hmm. when they were actually doing location scouting, they actually went to the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and they had the scene with the uh, the blimp. It, like the, the Zorn blimp is actually like a very big plot point in this movie, like a yes, setting. Yeah. And, that's uh, where he uh, name drops the movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, it's really bad. Where she's like, <laughs> Grace Jones is like, oh, what a nice view. To a kill, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> uh, but the scene, they were doing location scouting, and they had their camera with them. And some of these shots show up in the movie, where like the Fuji film mm-hmm. uh, blimp was actually flying above the Golden Gate Bridge. So they took a video of that and they're like, huh, that'd be pretty interesting to put the, to put a blimp and like flying over the golden gate bridge. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, the Zorin blimp, they had to, they modeled it closely after the uh, Fuji uh, blimp. So that oh, way it would, cool. it could kind of match that. Um, and uh, also too, they're fighting at the very top of the golden gate bridge. And, uh, they uh, they had to recreate and build like the top half of the Golden Gate Bridge so that way they could recreate some of those scenes. Yeah. I, I was wondering how they did it, and I mean, it looks pretty good in my opinion. I actually really like this this scene. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one scene too. There's there is one real shot where there are some stunt people mm-hmm. like actually walking on the Golden Gate Bridge, and that's one thing they said. Uh, the mayor at the time, which was Diane Feinstein, uh, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a huge fan of uh, James Bond and pretty much gave them permission to do whatever they wanted in San Francisco. That's and cool. they made, that was a, there was a funny bit in there where Roger Moore was like, well, thankfully she liked me over Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like so, that. <laughs> so uh, that, that was just one bit in the movie, but uh, there's, there's some pretty uh, cheesy moments though. There's, there's mm-hmm. one bit where, uh, uh, Stacy is running, and a, the blimp sneaks up behind her. Like he, she's <laughs> like, her up. <laughs> she's running, and Bond is like, "Trace or Stacy, look out!" And, and she's like, "Huh?" Like there's a blimp a giant behind. Blimp? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't. I've never been near a blimp, but I'm pretty sure they're extremely loud. <laughs> well, yeah, they have those giant fans that keep them like, or you'd hear it coming. She's just partially deaf. I don't know. <laughs> You know, that'd be you, pretty you, interesting. You, I, like the first Death Bond girl. You have your AirPods in. Watch out. The blimp's behind you. <laughs> yeah, like in the 80s. Oh, no, she's got a Walkman in. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty good. But yeah, um, the, the blimp scene is pretty silly, but um, I don't know. It, it's like a fun like set piece, and I think some of it looks really good. You got the guys fighting, and the blimp explodes because the Nazi that dude is there and uh, has like dynamite in his hand. Right. Well, well, I mean, there, I mean, there's some other really bad bits. Like there's one bit where uh, 
I think it's when Max Zorn gets thrown into, or no, it's sorry, it's when Max Zorn throws like one of the, uh, when he's holding like his big like uh, like exposition, like I'm telling everybody what my evil plot is, and yes, he's trying to, yeah. and one guy's like, "You're crazy for doing this," and he throws him out, and there's like, it's very clearly like a dummy because the arms and legs are dangling. It's like, like yeah, oh, like wobbly, like, yeah. <laughs> And just doesn't look real at all. And I think that even happens to Christopher Walken when he gets thrown and off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks exactly the same, like a dumb dummy. Like, yeah. like they just <laughs> threw a dummy off the off the road. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. um it's just funny like, because these movies have huge budgets. Yeah. That they couldn't just pay somebody to just jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. That, you just get the guy who jumped off the Eiffel Tower for free. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got one really good stunt for you. And just <laughs> no yeah. parachute or nothing. Yeah, you don't really love this, but um, I I think one of the biggest knocks about this movie because I've heard like you know other people compare this at you. I've heard multiple times that this is the worst Bond movie or like one of the worst Bond movies. And honestly, I think, and like, and like, like you said, the criticism is that, you know, Roger Moore's too old. There's a lot of ridiculous moments in this movie, a lot of mm-hmm. silly moments. And sitting here and watching these movies back to back like this, I'm like, I was waiting for like something like outrageously silly, like just like, yeah, like I was waiting for that and watching it. I'm like, this is no more ridiculous than any of the other Bond movies. No, I I, I agree. If anything, it's a little... I mean, of course, the blimp, Golden Tower, or sorry, the Golden Gate Bridge, that's all goofy. But I've seen a few other things in a couple... He went to space, guys, a couple of movies ago. Like, that's like, that's on another level, you know? I don't know. He went to space. They did, like, the, the rolling car scene with the slide whistle. Oh, and God. They did. <laughs> oh well we didn't talk about they ruined the skiing stunt with the california girls cover whatever the hell that was oh god what was that i, I don't, don't know i even yeah it it made no sense why did they play the beach boy well it was like a cover of the beach boys it wasn't even like the real song well i think they said it because he was using i guess a snowboard and he was like gliding on the water with it so it kind of looked like he was surfing the new surfing so. usa <laughs> I don't know, but I that was one dumb bit. I will I will say that, but yes, uh, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, but no, I just was thinking like it just it, to me, it's like it has a pretty, it has a very solid bad guy. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no one overly bad in this movie. I mean, it's got a very memorable henchman. It's got mm-hmm. a great theme song. Um, the plot, like I said, is no more ridiculous in some of the other ones like you know i mean goldfinger for god's sakes you know it's like they have a secret military base in like oklahoma or like in tennessee or whatever like yeah like, that nobody's aware of so i to me it's like it, no it's just on par with all the other ones in terms of its outrageousness and i don't really see anything overly bad in this that would warrant it to be the worst bond movie no, and I don't think, I mean, of course, does it rank as one of the best? I No, I'd probably put it somewhere in the middle, though. I think it's actually a pretty solid Bond movie. It's fun. There are, um, there's especially one other one Roger Moore has done that I wouldn't 
I would return to this over that. I'd actually return to A View to the Kill. Like, that's a sign of a good Bond movie to me. When I finish it, would I rewatch it? Yeah, I'd actually really enjoy a rewatch of this one. Yeah, and I think we both have our rankings that we're going to talk about here pretty soon. But um, yeah. I, uh, like I said, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the worst movie. Definitely not even the worst Roger Moore movie either. I mean, no. there's going to be uh, some ones that I, I, I mean, there's some that's just like real, like dull, like that we've mm-hmm. seen, or it's just a lot of the same, like nothing too interesting. So I, I would definitely rank this one above a lot of the, uh, a lot of the other ones I've seen. Um, but honestly, I, I would give this movie a recommend. There's nothing, if you're a fan of the Bond movies, I mean, there's nothing in here that would make me turn my head. And honestly, that would make me so like, don't watch this movie. It's, you know, like I said, it's, it's a pretty solid Bond movie. Yeah. It's a fun Bond movie. Exactly. And uh, it's a good time. Um, it's got the right amount of camp. It's silly. And I think it's a pretty good send off for Roger Moore. I really do. I think it's like the right tone for him and, um, yeah, I, I feel like it's a good way to end things. Uh, other than him looking so old, they <laughs> this is definitely where they needed to stop. Yeah, and they they bring that up in in the documentary, and they even say um that this was Roger Moore's decision, like this was not Cuppy Broccoli's decision. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, it's like so if Roger Moore didn't say this, that's enough. He would probably probably still at least done like the next one or two afterwards i think like the, for the ones living that, daylights with <laughs> it could have been a real thing it could have very been a real thing it so could've. i because the way they were describing it you know he was just like roger decided that it was his decision he didn't want to do it anymore and roger moore had even said that this was um you know like oh well when the Bond girls are the same age as your mother was when you started doing Bond, that's when it's becoming a problem. And, yeah. you know, or he's like, when they're having to get guys that look realistic that I beat up in these movies, that's when it's yeah. time to hang it up. And he is beating yeah. up like older people in this movie. So um, I, I think it was definitely the right call. Um, but I do think it's funny that if he hadn't said no, that we could have potentially seen like, another movie or two with him in it yeah who knows how long they would have gone on for but um but yeah uh, but I, like going back to what i said before uh it gave me a much more appreciation for roger moore um mm-hmm. i'm not sure where he ranks uh, as my as one of my favorite bonds but i definitely like him a lot more than i thought i did i'll say yeah. that yeah yeah exactly i think he's gonna end up ranking a little higher for me i mean of course as of right now he is number two to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sean Connery is is better though. George Lazenby's not number one. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to take that much of a of a. Oh yeah, well, he, George Lazenby was actually the best Bond guy. He was good though. <laughs> you know, I like some Lazenby. If I I would have liked this is a side rant, but I probably would have liked him a lot more had he done more movies. Yeah, because don't they talk about that in the behind the scenes where it's like I really wish he would have gone on to do a couple more movies because he really could have like just gotten his acting skills up and really fell into that role. Yeah, I, that's pretty much what everyone says, and even he said that like that was one of his regrets is that he didn't do more Bond movies. So yeah, that's a huge regret, man. So uh, I. But that's a big what if. Yes. Yeah. So, um, 
But like I said, Roger Moore, thank you for your service. Yes, thank you um, for <laughs> on Her Majesty's Secret Service. But Nathan, will Bond return? Bond will return in the living daylights. But before we even get into that, we got to rank these guys, right? Yep. Yeah, we, we can do. do it kind of quickly. Um, uh-huh. What is the worst bond? Uh, we'll start from bottom to top and I'll go with mine. I want to say we might have the same one um, for your eyes only is my least favorite. Uh, is it Moonraker? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. no. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I would agree with that. I, it was between that and another one. Um, for your eyes only, for me, it was just pretty boring. I, I think yeah. I, I really, I really having a tough time remember um, stuff from that happened in the movie. Yeah, that's my problem. It was like, uh, what even happened? I remember the song. The song was good, but it's just a boring Bond. So yeah, that's why I would say it's not the worst Bond movie. Sorry, the worst Roger Moore Bond movie. But it might be the worst Bond movie actually. If you don't include the non-Eon ones. Nah, I would, I, I'll have to watch all the ones again before I make any definitive ones. So. I understand that. Yeah. Um, well, what would you say is next up? Number six. Uh, next up for me is probably Man with the Golden Gun. Okay, really? And Yeah. I, as much as I really liked Christopher Lee in it, and I remember not liking it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember liking it a lot as a kid, but I remember just watching it for the show and being a lot more disappointed in it. Like then I remember, uh, kind of tainted a lot of my original dreams, uh, dreams, memories <laughs> of this. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, that would, that would be my number six. Yeah, my number six, uh, is Octopussy. Um, it had some fun bits. I, I, I liked it for the most part. But uh, there's just some things in it that I didn't exactly love. Um, so I, I just put it here. I think the only real bad one to me is For Your Eyes Only. That's the only one that I really wouldn't want to go back to. Um, I think from here on out, it's just like picking like. Sure. For, a little, for a little bit, it's like picking like, oh, I have to nitpick to choose which ones go in these spots. I mean, for me, it's like. Uh my top three those are the ones that i really like that yes, i probably yeah. that I would i would watch again and I think so yeah almost right away and then the other four they're good and i would watch them in the future i wouldn't i would not watch them again though but um yeah uh but uh my number five would have to be octopussy for there okay yeah and uh again i remember thinking it was pretty solid but overall not too memorable mm-hmm. so uh i remember liking um some aspects of it but again i'm really struggling to remember um some moments that happened <laughs> <laughs> and there even though it was only like two months ago i last watched it yeah um yeah well i guess my number four um or five. sorry five my number five is uh moonraker moonraker um, this one's a fun entry, but it, it, it this one was like overly camp. I think by the end of it, I was like, oh, God, this is this is getting to be a little too much. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still fine. <laughs> that That's the thing. Like, you know, that movie is like 
if you want to talk about silliest, that's probably like the silliest. Yeah, Bond that, movie that ever. one's like so over the top. Yeah, I could. So, if you're talking about View to a Kill, like I don't see how that one's like sillier than Moonraker. No, but, I, I totally agree. But my number four is uh, Moonraker. Okay, wow. <laughs> so, uh, I like a little more. I. I don't. I think it's no secret compared to how my Godzilla tastes uh, pan out. I like a little more camp when my mm-hmm. movies, and uh, this movie uh, delivers from some of that. Yeah, there was some parts in there that wasn't great, but I can definitely remember a lot of stuff that happened in Moonraker and mm-hmm. uh, the stuff with Jaws. Even as silly as it was, him finding a girlfriend. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I still think about the, those moments yes. a lot. Um, and she had braces on her teeth, right? Yeah, and they played the... <laughs> so silly. Um, well, I guess my next choice, my number four, is actually when you ranked a little lower, The Man with the Golden Gun. Um, and I put, it, I put it a little bit higher because um, I, I remember the villain. I remember Christopher Lee pretty strongly, and I remember really liking him. Um, this is the one with the slide whistle stunt, which is a little odd, but I do think there's some really cool stuff going on in here. Um, but yeah, I think it's the same as you. I think my top three are like the ones that I really like. So we'll be moving into like the ones that I start to really like. Well, yeah, we have obviously we have the same top three, but uh, well, exactly. they may be in a different order, but the same three movies. That's but, true. Yeah. Uh, so my number three uh, was a view to a kill the one we just talked about i'll just say same here <laughs> <laughs> uh it's uh like i said very a lot very surprising movie in the fact that i was expecting something really bad but mm-hmm. i was like this movie's pretty good so i just mm-hmm. and it's very watchable has probably like one of my favorite villains in a really long time mm-hmm. um christopher walken so i I I would watch this movie again, like pretty pretty uh, soon. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, exactly. A uh, View to the Kill actually put a pretty great impression on me. I think this will be one of the more memorable Bond movies. Like I'll think about a lot of the scenes from this one over some other stuff. Really cool set pieces. And I I really liked it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number two is Live and Let Die for Me. That's my number one. So we're we're opposite here. <laughs> we're opposite. So I'll explain for mine. Uh, Live and let die. Uh, bear, like probably my first time remembering um, Roger Moore. Like this is the one I would always associate most with Roger Moore. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it's tough uh, on any day. Like this, live and let die is. I. I mean, watching it when we watched it again. I mean. Mm-hmm. I, as much as I love Sean Connery as Bond, like watching this one, it was like really refreshing to see like a different yeah. Bond and to see him doing a very different take on the character. And they tried so many different things that I think worked really well. You know, they made a black exploitation Bond movie and yeah. again, um, had some of the best henchmen in this movie. You know, they had Teehee and, the the witch doctor and whisper you know it mm-hmm. very memorable characters in this one and probably some of the most memorable scenes like and again made a theme song that almost transcends the series so 
That's true. Uh, yeah. Very, very, very strong contender. Yeah. Um, and the reason I picked the spy who loved me at number two, it's just a really solid one for if you like a nice like romance plot with the Bond girl, uh Barbara Bach playing um oh god, what what's her name? Um I think Anya, right? Yeah, I can't remember, yeah. but yeah. But she she's really good. She's really good, and her and Bond work really well off of each other. And I think Jaws here is better than Jaws in the next movie. I, I think he's a really good villain here, or you know, henchman here. Uh, I love the stuff in the pyramids, the globe trotting in this one. This is one of my favorite Bond movies, and, and it's really solid. Definitely. And, and so you that, get to piggyback off of that. Right. So that's my number one. Um, I That was not my first time seeing Spy Who Loved Me when we watched mm-hmm. it, but I don't know. Like Just watching it again reminded me, it's like, man, this one's like really good. And mm-hmm. it's just like so like before that we had Roger Moore in live and let die and man with the golden gun. And like I said, he was uh, different in that one than Sean Connery, but I still don't think he really did bond in his style yet. Yeah. And I think this one is the one where it's like this. Yeah. He has, he's doing bond in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And it's working and he does, he's doing what works well for him because before it's like they had him doing stuff that Sean Connery would have done and mm-hmm. live and let die, but it wasn't what Roger Moore would necessarily be doing if he as him as Bond. And I just think he works really well with Barbara Bach. Um, you know, I really like the uh, underwater uh, aesthetics in this movie. Um mm-hmm. And then you also have uh, Jaws, like you said, um, who actually plays like an effective villain in this one instead of just like a buffoon in yeah, the other true. one. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I think it works very, very well. Um, you know, there's the fight scene where there's tearing up the the truck and all those things. You know, I I think they work really well together. And the theme song in this one, again, is also very uh, high contender for me as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, and live and let die. What what more can be said that you didn't say that this is my favorite pick? I think I liked it a little bit better because it just stands out to me as something like completely different because it is a black exploitation movie, and I really love just kind of like the grittiness of it and some of the places that it goes. And I really love the villain here. I think about Yafet Koto as Kananga a lot. I think he's really good. I love his death of him blowing up into like a blimp and dying. I think that's like one of the craziest things we've seen in one of these movies. Yeah, I mean, it's memorable, but I don't know if that's for like for the right reason. I guess you're right. I guess you're but, right. But it is I, fun. I, I love wa- I love watching it, don't get me wrong, but I just I <laughs> it's not like amazing. <laughs> right. It's not like I would say it was a great death i'd be like okay that was so crazy that it's memorable yeah that's what i mean it's it's at least memorable and it, you know it has some fun elements i love the places that they go to so i don't know i remember having a really fun time with that that one and like you said the theme song great theme song yeah insane like one of the greatest singers <laughs> of all time to do that song mm-hmm. yeah in your opinion <clears throat> oh i'm sorry you loved uh Lulu a lot. Yeah, Lu- Lulu is one of the best singers of all time. Well, there you go. Love Lulu. <laughs> but 
but I think that wraps it up for now. That was a big mega episode and we'll move on to another bond. Um, it's time to talk about Timothy Dalton and his long legendary run uh, next time. It remind us what we're going to be talking about on Thursday, Ryan. Well, Nathan, like I said, we're going to be doing another monster movie, uh, mm-hmm. an alien monster movie, and it's going to be the Mysterians. And that is streaming over on the Criterion channel right now. Well, awesome. I am excited to watch that. Um, uh, uh, let me, uh, I'm excited to watch that one. I don't know. <laughs> You're so excited. <laughs> so excited. No, I'm excited to watch that one. Um, if you want to email us, you can email us at drive and double feature podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us or you can X at us at DIDF pod. But until next time. Until next time. Meeting.